0: welcome everybody to a celebratory night it is spits and suds post-game edition game five i'm gavin spittle of 105 three the fan i can honestly say dfw's number one hockey podcast is spits and suds i'm joined by ep ringside Shapshots, shots d magazine the book is called we win here his name is sean shapiro Once again, Sean, do you have a frosty in front of you? I keep forgetting to have a frosty in front of. There will be a frosty in front of me before this podcast is over.
1: Um, I I may. uh, I had one earlier tonight. I had one (laughs) mid-game, so that's uh, ah, nice. That's the one. It's the one. uh, Someone put the someone on Twitter the other day said something along the lines of the. uh, uh, It's like. Like they invented like the work beer. And uh, I said, clearly that person's not a sports writer because the the work beer is a common. um, (laughs) It's a it's a it's a it's a bad it's a not a bad thing, but it's just it's a it's a it's a reason that uh, I think some people get into this profession. The work beer is uh, is a a common thing.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I just need a Sean Shapiro lengthened answer. (laughs) And I will get myself up (laughs) here. Oh, my goodness. We have so many questions to get to, but that's okay. Uh, That's great. Thank you so much for all of you that support and grow Spits and Suds. What a night in Vegas. The Dallas Stars pull off what many thought wouldn't happen, and they move on to a game six back at the AAC on Monday night. Uh, Sean, give me your thoughts. I'll give you mine real quick. Uh, I love what the stars did tonight. I mean, I'm just like, guys, bottle this. Clearly, this is what it's all about. Getting into the dirty areas. They created so much havoc in front of Aiden Hill, who I thought was brilliant tonight. And they just kept going to the net and crashing the net and that first line and that fourth line were so good tonight for the stars. I think they threw Vegas off their game. I think the Vegas defensemen are having to work now. So they're not easily getting out of their zone, which wasn't the case early in the series. Uh, And now it's like, you know, uh, Messier pointed this out actually uh, in the post game for ESPN. And it's a great point it feels like it's flipped because now I feel like Vegas is shooting from the outside and it's actually the stars that are getting in the dirty areas. So really, really exciting night. What did you see?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, we're at the spot where this it kind of flipped in game four, right? Where all the pressure, I mean, the stars, basically we all, we all had them dead and buried after game three. We, I mean, I, we had, we were in, we were in the building in game three, felt like a morgue after our podcast, after game three, we felt like we were, we felt like it was just the prelude to the end of the season. We felt like it was the end. And now they still have to still have to win two more games. They have to do It's It's still an uphill climb, but all of a sudden you're like, and I'm, I'm intentionally using a Vegas pun here. You're playing with house money. This, this team was dead Nearly buried, Uh and now they are they are headed home. They have a chance to they've headed home to a house that will be absolutely rocking. They have a chance to force a game seven. They will be getting their emotional leader back, who has been who has been who will be looking obviously to have a big performance after how after how he's basically been absent has been absent the last three games, and. All of the pressure is on the Golden Knights. The, the if the Stars lose this series, they're they're they now. If they lose this series now, it's you know what. You, you you valiantly fought back, but in the end, you didn't do it. Vegas is the one where all of everything's feeling internal. Like to me, this game, I look at Aiden Hill's performance. as a microcosm of this series, kind of, where he was playing great. He had some dazzling saves. Yeah, he did, and. and and they um, had some dazzling saves. And then in the third period, some duds. And all of a sudden, every shot Dallas took felt uneasy. Every Dallas chance felt like the world was going to crackle underneath for Vegas. And you've now put that feeling in Vegas' minds. And obviously, you would still expect Vegas to win this series. They just have to have one- win one of the two. But you can see the path now you can see the path where the stars could do something no one has ever done before. And you did it with a overall strong, strong performance. And we'll get into some more exact schematics as we go into this game. But overall, the big feeling is, you know what it's now like <laughs> uh, two nights ago. I still would have said, yeah, there's no way they're winning this series. Now the answer is no longer, no way they're winning this series. It's eh, they, they could win this series. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, kudos to Ty DeLandria uh, with a big game. Uh, Glenn Denning. I don't know how you take him out of the lineup. I guess that's going to be the first question that I'm going to ask. And I am looking ahead, but mm-hmm. I think I, the thing I like uh, that I try to do on this podcast is propel what stars fans want to hear to the front of the line. And I think stars fans with the return of Jamie Ben are wondering, who leaves the lineup? And that's a good thing Pete DeBoer has to worry about, but yeah. uh, I'm I'm kind of fascinated. I don't think they'll do it, but honestly, I think Mason Marchment could be a candidate, but like I said, I don't think they'll do it because I, I like yeah. Olofsson tonight a lot. I like Glenn Denning a lot tonight. I like Delandry a lot tonight. I'm guessing Olofsson will be the odd man out. Um, pretty tough to sit a guy with two goals, but I mean, it's it's an it's an interesting aspect that I'm sure will be talked about in the next couple of days.
1: Yeah, we're definitely. I mean, it's this is the whole point of this playoff series, right? Is where is, is we're talking? Is where is we're spinning things forward now? I think it's it's to me it's it's of who comes out. I think that's the pretty clear who comes out now. The Marchment decision would be a fascinating one because, like, yeah, I'm just looking at it right now. Olafson was the least used stars player tonight, ten thirty-three time on ice least used player um, the other guys who would consider coming out Kivi Ranta who helped create the second DeLandria goal I think he's been he, he's he was really good on the four check tonight yeah um, Luke Glendening who is one of the reasons Glendening stays in the lineup is because of his face-off prowess so he's not going to come out and then he just kind of he scored tonight too so he's not going to come out but Mason Marshman only played a minute and twenty more than than Olofsson tonight. And so I, it will be Olifson that comes out.
0: Uh-huh. But
1: but you also, I mean, it wouldn't be the craziest thing to look at the lineup and say, let's plug Jamie Benn in alongside Johnston and Sagan and keep that bottom six the way it is. Like that's that wouldn't be the craziest thing. It won't happen. I would imagine Frederick Olifson comes out. That's the way these things work. Yep. But I could definitely see the uh the case and argument to be made for Marchment coming out and then going into that spot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is, is going to be interesting. And I agree with you. Um, But I I think what you said is, is a great point. The time on ice with Mason Marchment, one penalty in the game and it was Marchment uh, that went off and it was just, it was too bad because it was behind the play. Um, and just a needless penalty, and uh, I thought the stars did a great job. I'm killing it, and obviously, that was led by Jake Ottinger, which leads me to my question for you. I mean, the last two games, I think we've seen really good Jake Ottinger, vintage Jake Ottinger. Uh, I think both goals were legit goals tonight for uh, mm-hmm. uh for Vegas. Um, and, uh, you know, you could tell Vegas is trying to go high on Ottinger and they succeeded uh, on one of the goals. So, uh, but I thought overall his just positioning, his calmness, his demeanor, you could tell he was in control, his, uh, puck carrying behind the net. He just, he just made all the right moves tonight and, uh, uh, was just really, really solid in that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Aiden Hill filled the highlight reel. He will. I mean, you're going to watch, I mean, Aiden Hill, the save on hints, the save on Kiviranta. Ooh. those will both be in the sports center top 10, I'm sure. But Ottinger's performance, the, I, I love the way he aggressively got, was at the top of his crease was reading plays well. He was just so technically solid tonight. Um, and he was, he was, he was very good. He, he calmed the team down and, I mean, I don't, I don't, there's now a large enough sample size to do it. I think early on it was Jake Ottinger facing elimination. It was a fun storyline, but there wasn't enough sample size yet for it to be something that was like, like at the end of the day, like it was, it's a fun storyline from a star's perspective to talk. Hey, Jake always plays well with his back against the wall, but it was still just, one game, one series against Calgary and in a couple rounds, I mean, we're reaching the spot where this sample size is now legit. Like yeah. his only, his only NHL playoff loss when the team that would end the season is that game seven 64 save effort. Like we're at the spot where, and I, and I, Jake is a, he's intense. He uses every slight and back in the Minnesota series, I wrote a story about how Jake Ottinger lost a state title game in Minnesota and how he got pulled, he got yanked and he is someone, and it was his final high school hockey game. And he is someone who uses every single little space and experience. And that is the type of experience that, that Jake had where it helped fuel who he is today, where he doesn't want to be the one where his season, where he's going to be playing his final game and having to go into the spring and going into the summer. And he comes and he brings that when the season's on the line. And it is, it's pretty damn impressive. Like, it really is. It it really is. It's pretty damn impressive. And the way he can flip that switch, I... You'd love to see it. I mean, you don't want to have him. He, you could. You could make the. On the quick side note, there's been too many times he's had to bounce back this year. But the fact that he bounces back so well and he does it when the season's on line, it's like tonight. From when I look at the Ottinger stuff, um, I go back to. There was the, I go, I look at his performance going back to game four as well, where he makes the glove save where it's not actually a clean clutch. It's it's just a deflection late in the third period when the stars are looking to force over still waiting, but overtime still is uh, in the balance. And then tonight comes out and plays well. And then the, uh, it's just every, the stars after Ottinger, after Ottinger played like he did and the way he kind of helped eliminate some of the chances vegas had in the first period it felt like the stars really settled down in a sloppy game and i think a lot of that goes back to goes back to the goalie so get me back on track evan you know
0: you know the job. (laughs) i will get you back on track my friend here we go yeah there we go cracking the frosty baby celebration time just got beer over my new microphone but that's okay as the stars Uh, force a game six and that is awesome Uh, another player that i thought had a standout game thomas harley two assists but more importantly i just thought the calmness on the ice uh the way he took it out of the zone the puck carrying rather than passing i thought was impressive as well jumped into the offensive play a lot i mean i continue to see the growth of harley um i can remember one game where i thought he struggled i think that was against seattle but other than that sean it's been real smooth i look at the ice time uh, for uh, Harley tonight, eighteen twenty-three. So clearly he's a major part uh, of the defensive pairing situation for Dallas. So uh, just so excited for the future with uh, Mr. Harley.
1: I, I really liked... The, the, one of the things I liked about tonight, and you don't... Um, I like that the Stars won this game with Miro Hashiken and only playing 25-33. I, I really like that. I mean, now twenty-five only 25-33 is, is, a, is a lot, but it's still... <laughs> I, 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 I like that they that he wasn't taxed to 30 minutes tonight. And part of that was Harley playing a larger role. Um, part of that was and the thing I liked too, that the stars did, and it led to two of the goals directly. Um the stars did a couple times in game four, but uh, more so tonight. Um, there was a couple times in the offensive zone by either design or the natural change where they had Hishkin and, and Harley on the ice together. And I love that. That's something that, um, the stars, Rick Bonus would never do it when the stars had John Klingberg, but Jim Montgomery, going back two coaches now, right? Jim Montgomery would at times put uh, Miro Hashkin and John Klingberg on the ice together for offensive zone draws. And I love seeing a coach do that because I think that unlocks so much of your offense. The, um, it was the, uh, the, the Glendenning goal where, they technically took the assist away from secondary assist away from Heshkinen because I think it was, ta- it was technically touched by a Vegas player as he passed it to, to Harley. But that's a play where you have two offensive defensemen creating off each other while Glenn Denning and Fox go to the net. Um, similar thing happened on the, uh, you had, you had a similar kind of space on the, the Landria goal too, where I, or sorry, sorry, what w- was the, uh yeah, it was the, it was the, uh, it was the it was the other Delandria, it was the Delandria goal where Harley and Hachkin were both on the ice at, at the same time. I I love that element and I really I think it unlocks things. And to be clear, like I also want to talk about one other thing real quick. Something that happened tonight that the stars haven't had because he's taken a lot of crap from everyone, deservedly so at times, but then and, and for his comments earlier in the series, but let's give uh Ryan Suter a bit of credit. Yes, for. I mean, he was he was really good, good tonight, really good tonight. And Jason Robertson's goal. I know it's a good follow and finish by Robertson, but it doesn't happen without a clean zone entry by Ryan Suter. And that's a play that is not normal for Suter. So that's let's, let's yeah. give credit where it's due on that. I mean, across the board defensively, the stars were Lindell was good tonight. Yeah. Hock Hockenpa- and Pah. and was good. Yeah. Hock and Paw was good tonight. Joel Hanley played his game. I mean, overall, across the board, the Stars' defense was very good tonight. And it's, uh, I mean... You got to feel good about it. Right. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it was, a, it was a complete effort. I mean, we can go down the lineup. Uh You're right. Ronta was really good. Olipson once again, played a good game. I thought Max Domi was real good, uh, especially in the neutral zone. I thought Max Domi was uh, mm-hmm. kind of a disruptor on some of the uh, Vegas breakouts and uh, did a nice job back checking as well. Uh, boy, we're getting out of the way for that DeLandria goal, (laughs) Yep, (laughs) which, uh, you know, I mean, clearly the replay showed that he was pushed. uh, So that's good. But that stuff happens when you're in front of the net. Um, I I do give Aiden Hill a lot of credit. I mean, that glove has a magnet on it with the puck. Uh, Those are spectacular saves. I did want to talk about, because they did focus on TV as far as the DeLandria goal that took the lead 3-2. And as a former goalie, Sean, Um, I'm guessing you're thinking Aiden Hill has to come out more out of the crease uh, on that, but it's, it's, it's a bad goal. Yeah. But it was deflected. How much of a difference does that deflection make?
1: I mean, it changes it. Like I'm watching it on mute right now, as, as you brought it up right now, just so like to literally watch it again. And like Delandry enters the zone, it's a shot where Hill is just, I don't even mind Hill's positioning. He's, He's a big body, six foot okay. four. He's got it clean. He it's it's a spot where even with even with the tip, he has to make that save. And I think it's if you want to get all goalie coach on Aiden Hill on it, it to me, it's not as much the positioning of his body, it's the glove positioning. It's a very he's got very lazy glove positioning on it. And it's like he's almost kind of caught off guard by Delandria shooting. And that to me is the the bigger issue if i'm if i'm breaking off my my goalie coaching hat here where your hands need to be more active they're they're not fronting the play and well i wouldn't mind him being a little out more on top of the crease to me it's more the hand position issue and that that's a that's a goal that even if it's tipped that can't go in against an nhl goalie that you you can't let that goal up that is a right. that is a bad goal and that is a I mean, that, that is, that is a goal where it's a shame because it takes away so much of like for as good as Hill was on so many other things. um, You got you to make the saves on the easy ones too, because they all count the same. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So. You're right.
0: No, you're absolutely right. So this is the second game, Sean, that the referees have kept the whistles in the pocket. Um, I didn't see anything egregious tonight that you know, nope. I mean, I guess there could have been a couple if you really wanted to get into it, but I mean those are kind of deep dives. I didn't see something like, well, clearly they didn't want to call that. Um, you know, I mean, well, I, yeah. I think I mean, they just kind of let them play. I mean,
1: even the marchment penalty against Carlson, that's that's a play where um fighting for the I, puck. Yeah, and even one fighting like, for a position. You may, you may have not even seen that one called sometimes. Like um, like and this was that's that that's another good point about this game where the stars are we've talked about how the stars are the team that kind of needed special teams more than Vegas did because Vegas is the better has has been, or relied more on their five on five. And this was a dominant even strength five on five performance throughout the board. And the stars never even got a power play. So it's like, it's, it's, it's uh, it's, it's a great point to bring up because it's not like you could even throw the asterisk. Oh, they got this power play or this or whatever. No, this was a, overall five on five even strength game and I thought the refs did a good job I thought it was a pretty clean game pretty clean game as far as the rules go I thought the second period um, there were times where the second period and third period got a bit sloppy where I felt I thought the ice looked a bit rough and players were clearly tired but as far as the cleanliness of the game from the uh, discipline standard I thought the refs did a really good job tonight
0: I think they're letting the boys play and I think that's uh, wonderful and my dog Rico agrees. So <laughs> you had your issue with the dog and now I have uh, my issue with the dog, but I, I, I agree. I think uh, letting the boys play is the right way to go, especially deep in this series. Uh, you know, just for reference, Jack Eichel played 20 minutes tonight, so he's certainly on ice a lot, but it's kind of interesting he hasn't scored. I mean, he's certainly contributing a lot. Uh, I lo- I really like him as a two-way player, too, Sean. I mean, I love his back-checking ability. Um, it's just interesting because this is how, like, the series shifts as far as, like, what we talk about. Now we're at a point where Vegas has to be saying to themselves, like, we got to get our defensemen in the play. We have to create some more offense here uh, because Dallas is getting their mojo right now.
1: And you look at where, I mean, Vegas had a couple, like you look at the Vegas offense and you look where it came from. One of the things that aside from the, the Barbashev goal, the Barbashev goal, and then kind of the, uh, obviously they're, they're both goals so that make sense, but the, uh, Vegas really wasn't getting to the net tonight, the way they were earlier in the series. They weren't driving the net with possession. They weren't doing all of that. And to me, part of that comes from, I think Dallas did a really good job just kind of limiting how and where Vegas got into the zone and, and, and things along those lines. I think, I think if you're Vegas, you're going to look at, okay, where did we have success tonight? And, How do we get back to creating more off of those cutters, off of the clean entries, pausing, letting guys enter with speed? Vegas, that's how they scored their second goal, but Vegas didn't do nearly enough of that tonight, and that's what they've done earlier in the series.
0: So we have a ton of questions and comments, uh, which is expected after a win, and uh, super excited about that. So it's one of the things I love about Spits and Suds is going through them. And uh, Sean and I can uh, create tree branch topics uh, off of that. So we always like to do that in the back half. Uh, So thank you so much for uh, spending your Memorial Day weekend. Shout out, by the way, to uh, all the veterans of the past who sacrificed their lives and all the current veterans um for all their service we're not able to do that uh without you guys so thank you so much on this holiday weekend Cameron Teague asked uh, just wow this team has shown so much these last two games go stars uh Jordan Harper uh, I thought Harley controlled the game when he was out there we agree love seeing Delandria come back into the lineup and make a huge impact also who are you taking out so Jamie can Ben can go for a skate in Game Six? So we did talk about that. We both agree that probably the deal has to be made to uh, take Olafson out. Uh, Ty Delandry is an interesting story, Sean, because you know Wyatt Johnston is getting a lot of attention, rightfully so. You have Heschkin in. You have uh, you know. A young Harley, you have a young Ottinger, Robertson. So, a lot of young guys. And because of that, I think people kind of forget that Ty Delandria was a, a first round draft pick and made his way through the system pretty quick. And, uh, you know, one of the things Luds and I pointed out during the season, and he's kind of a Swiss Army knife. I think people take it for granted. And in, and in practice, coaches will say that the lines interchange all the time. So, anybody can play with anybody. But this guy can play on the second, third, fourth line. And, you know, he just does a lot of things that doesn't necessarily show up on the uh, stat sheet. Very versatile.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think Ty Delangia runs into a bit of the unfair expectation of draft status too. Sometimes, like he's only 20, he's twenty two. He's but he was taken. Uh, was it? I think it was. Was it tenth? It was either tenth, twelfth, twelfth. It was twelfth, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's also the there's also the the irony, not not the irony, just the true fact of he was hit. The pick was announced by Jamie Ben in Dallas, right? Like it was it was it was the pick announced by Jamie Ben in Dallas. And um, Delandria though was. As a player, probably, frankly, shouldn't been shouldn't have been a top fifteen pick. Like he's not he's not your typical, he's not a goal he's not the high level goal scorer. He's a good player. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been a first rounder, but he's probably not. He shouldn't. But being in the top fifteen set probably a bit of an unrealistic expectation, and so he's kind of had to fight a bit of that. He's also. Jim Nill has always compared him to uh, as a as a Mike Fisher to me. That's he always compared him to Mike Fisher, and I think it's a very apt comparison. And we're seeing that's a, a good lot of comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see, I see, I see a lot of that. And uh, that's he's a guy who, if I probably don't want him in my top six, I don't I don't want him in my top six all the time. That's not how I build my team on on with intent. But he's that guy who can. If there's an injury, he can move into that top six. If you've got a situation um, where someone's suspended, a guy can move into the top six. But he really can thrive in kind of that um, thrive in that third line center center role that that guy, center winger role, whatever whatever you want to call it, and can really play anywhere. And um, I, I he was I think he was rewarded tonight for what he does. I mean, his first goal was not. Uh, his his first goal was not pretty, but it was doing the right thing at the right time. It was the end of a shift. The stars were changing, throw it on net, get rewarded for doing the right thing. Second goal, go to the, it's, it's a really nice play by Kiviranta down low to force the turnover. Um, but Delandria doing the right thing as the F three on the play or third forward in to not be as hockey nerdy about it (laughs) um, comes, comes on in and is just in the right place at the right time doing, getting rewarded for doing the right things and the little things. And, uh, that's what Ty Delandria's game is. And it's, uh, he's the type of he's the type of player where you, you need a couple Ty Delandrias in your lineup if you're going to win the Stanley cup, because that's the type of guy who can move up and down the lineup. So,
0: I really like his energy, and oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I think you need those energy guys. He,
1: play, he plays, he plays, he plays bigger than his stature too. He's yeah, agree. He's someone who at, I like. I, he's listed at six one, even though I've, I have a really hard time believing that because he's if he's six one and one ninety five, then. I'm six foot tall and I am definitely not yeah. six foot tall. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, he plays, he plays, he plays bigger than his stature. And I, I, I like that about his game too.
0: So you get announced as the pick by Jamie Ben and then you wear number 10, <laughs> some expectations there in Dallas. Yes, uh, yes. Brendan Morrow's old number who was, uh, you know, a great energy guy as well. Calgary puck asks, Are we better without Ben? No. Um, No. no, And he says before you answer, he's slow and makes bad passes (laughs) Uh, suggest Ben in Marchman out. Well, Calgary Puck, we we did bring up Marchman out, but uh, Jamie Ben brings a lot to the table. Um, and I think when you know one of the things is is added scoring punch, and even though you put four in, you know, I mean, you're playing with a lot of hustlers right now, and Jamie Ben does have a skill set that other players on the ice don't have.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, it's Ben comes back into the lineup. The Stars are a better team with a non-boneheaded decision Jamie Ben in the lineup so that that to me is there's no disputing that at all um the the, the biggest question is do you want to be bold and take out Mason Marchment because I think that's the only bold quote-unquote decision you would make and I don't think they'll do it um because Frederick Olveson has been has been good enough I mean but it's you're a better team with Jamie Ben in the lineup
0: yeah yeah absolutely what about would you put Delandry on the fourth line if Marchman stays in, or do you take Marchment and try him on the fourth line, or do oh, you keep that fourth line intact?
1: I mean, I liked, I really liked. I wouldn't take apart that that Ronti Domi, Delandry line. I thought those that, that trio played together really well. Um, I thought they 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 worked together to build into that forecheck. I would look. I mean, I would probably look into putting. Probably seeing a Marchment where Olafson was probably with Fox and Glendening. That's probably that's probably the route I would go because um, I, I think you have too much working well right now. And maybe when I say that, that's when you start to talk yourself into maybe we keep Olafson in and you put Ben on that lot and you just take Marchment out. Maybe that and then you start to have that discussion as a coaching staff. I think ultimately it will end up being Marchment with Fox and Glendening. Um, But because I I don't think you I don't think you can look at the Kibiranta Domi Delandria line and think it's a good idea to take it apart because I thought I think they played so well tonight together off each with each other off the forecheck off turning neutral zone pace. I I think that line that trio gets slower with Mason Marchment and I don't want to take the speed out of that line.
0: He's Sean Shapiro. I'm Gavin Spittle. It's a post-game edition, post-game number five, as the Dallas Stars keep this thing alive. We're all celebrating on a Saturday night. Brandon in Fort Worth at Brandon F Dub asks, are you surprised by the puck handling issues by Vegas defensemen? And I I just think that they're having a tougher time coming out of the zone, A, because they're having to work harder in their zone. And I think the Stars forecheck in the last two games has been great.
1: Oh it's been really good. Really good. It's uh it's something where it's, it kind of gets it gets lost in all of it. Um it gets lost the, the end of game the end of game 3 gets lost because we spent so much time talking about the the, the incident, right? Like the the Jamie Benn incident and what happened and how the game was effectively over, but if you go back to the end of if you go back to the third period of game 3 and I tried to watch a little bit of it the other day you actually saw the four check start to develop a little bit there. And it's kind of, it's one of those weird things like, cause the team obviously flushed everything about game three and no one mm-hmm. wants to talk about game three at all. But I do think we're, we're we're at a stretch where you So four get for overtime game, last game, three periods tonight, you're looking at a, at a stretch of like eight, eight straight periods of a pretty good four check against Vegas. And, um, that is, uh, that has not gone unnoticed. So
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh Ben at Buffs Robo. He's got the star symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, as his picture with Ben coming back, do you scratch the lackluster Marchment and stick with Freddie or give Bork a go? Well, Bork would certainly be interesting, but I think at this point with Ben he's going not, in, yeah, he's yeah. we not going to see
1: Bork's not playing unless uh, if Bork was going to come in, he would have come in already. That's, that's yep. the reality of it. And yeah. Bork isn't Bork is not coming back and Bork's not coming to this lineup. Um, They, they, they the, the kids, a big part of the future. They're letting them take warm ups and all of that stuff, but you got to, he he's not playing just that's that's the end of the story. He's not playing. It was a fun ideology. It was a fun thought process, but if he was going to come in, he would have been in for game. He
0: would have been in for game four. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a lot of these questions coming in, I'm reading them as I see them. But it is amazing, as we talked about at the front of this podcast, how that was going to be the question and it is already appearing like who's in, you know, and that's good. There's excitement in the air. That's wonderful. Uh, Mike Albanese asks, it would have been very easy to pack up after game three. Agreed. Huge credit to this team continuing to fight. Vegas is playing good hockey. The stars are starting to find ways to win. Uh, Interesting statement, Mike, and I will say this. Minus the game three, if you look at the game two, late mistakes. I mean, this has been a very close series, but those are the conference finals because I actually agree with Carolina, Sean, and I want to get your thoughts. I know it was a sweep. And that's coach speak, but it did not feel like a sweep in that Carolina. That was a very, very close series. So I just think sometimes it's, a, uh, you know, luck of the puck going in and just, uh, you know, off a stick, off a pad. Um, but this series to me has been very close as well.
1: Well, I mean, shouldn't this, I mean, I don't think this series should have been 3-0, but this series should be 3-2, right? 3-2, like, 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 yeah. Like the reality is we're at a spot this series should be at based off of, three overtime games. Both teams have had a game where they were a little bit more dominant. This series should be three 2 That's, that's the reality of it. And now because of how the games played out and the team's coming back, that's why I felt like Dallas was dead and buried in this. But I mean, in the Carolina series, I know it's, I get what Brendan Moore was saying where he's like, this wasn't a sweep. I mean, it was though you, you lost four games. You, you did, you did, you didn't like it's. And so it it, it was, but it also I I also I, I but every game was close, so all one goal games, and you easily could have seen like if Puck goes the other way a couple times, you easily could see Carolina winning that series. So yeah. It's this has been the hockey's been great. Other other than there's only been game three between Dallas and Vegas was was an abomination to the sport. It was awful. It was a terrible game. And it, it was it was the old but it was the of of the of the nine games we've had in the conference final, eight have been really great hockey games. We had one really bad one, and I—that's what I like. I want great hockey games, and we're hopefully going to get another great hockey game on Monday night. And someone—I um, was—someone I, I was, uh, someone had a really good perspective um, after uh, it was game. I can't remember who, and I remember seeing it on Twitter where somebody said that uh, after Game Three, when the Stars were down three zero, they said right now, and it was right after it was right after Florida had won, and uh, it was the Wednesday night, and they said there are there there's anywhere from right now there are anywhere from five to uh, uh, five to ten games remaining in the NHL season, and if it's ten, that means the Stars are played in all of them. And that would be, and that's it's a great perspective. And I think that was, uh, and that was a, uh, and or, and I think that's a way to look at this and way this team has looked at it, where they're taking things and building things. Now get me back on track again. I go back to that. Line. Right, I will. <laughs> I will.
0: All right, we're gonna analytic you, but we are gonna break this down. Now we are gonna break this down. I'll take the first part, Sean. You take the second part because Oleg writes in: Stars didn't just win; they dominated CF percentage and gf percentage north of 60 so i will take uh cf that what that means for spits and suds fans out there is shot attempts made by a player in the course of a game while the player is on the ice uh and of course these shot attempts uh differ yeah so that is what cf percentage is kind of a i would say a newer analytic to the game um as far as just to the mainstream hockey fan tell us what gf percentage is sean
1: well, I mean, Corsi. I mean, I, I real quick, I would argue that Corsi is kind of the, I mean, the Corsi Wars were probably fought about seven, eight years ago. So that's not, not, not newer, but it's, it's, well, I mean, it's, 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 it's newish. I mean, it's newer as far as the, the sport's been played for 150 years. Like it's, yes, I, it's like I look at, and, and to me, Corsi is a, um, I like Corsi and I think it's a very useful tool. It's actually the thing when I'm doing, when I'm hand tracking shot attempts, it's essentially what I'm tracking because I think it shows where uh, the game, it shows a lot of how the game is played and it shows approach. Um, I think for me, um, the, uh, the big one that is really kind of established and taken over now is the expected goals for and expected goals against. And it's uh stars according to natural Statric tonight had a expected goals for of 4.38 to 2.4 for vegas and basically expected goals are depending on which model you use because there's a couple different models for it it's basically using shot location um shot location and assigning a value to each shot because not all shots are created equal and it's uh, in theory. It's not an exact science because the game is black and white. Did the puck go in or did it not? But essentially, it's using the data of if you apply, if you have enough, if you if you apply all of these these values to each shot, you're going to get a pretty good, pretty close estimation of how the game actually played out. And you know what? Tonight, four point three eight expected goals for for Dallas, two point four expected goals against. Game was four, game was four, two. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think it's, I think, I think that's fair. To me, the big one that I, that I like to look at just personally for me, and it's, it's interesting because it's hard to get because everyone has a different definition of it. But I, I'm a big fan of looking at uh, high danger chances for and high danger chances against. To me, that's more often more telling because I think sometimes mm-hmm. Corsi, sometimes, sometimes shots. Sometimes it can it can sometimes be just noise, and tonight Dallas had if you I'm using natural stat trick right now they had a 15-11 edge in high danger chances for, and it was a and, and to me and the only time the only period they got out high danger chance was the uh, was at the end of the game when it was and it was 4-3 and part of that was Vegas having a couple high danger chances with the goalie pulled. To me, that is the the number I look at more so than just expected goals and Corsi, because I think that's a little bit that shows how effective you are with your volume. And so, um, I mean, yeah, the Stars have been. I mean, it's it, you look at analytically speaking, the Stars have been the better team for a lot of this series, actually. But tonight, it felt like it more than it did than Game One or Two, where they were also technically analytically speaking the better team
0: so on this program sean we're not magicians that don't tell how the magic works so you just mentioned high danger chances and that's the stat where can the stars fan or hockey fan where can they find these analytics
1: yeah i mean i look at one i'm looking at the right now i'm looking as we're talking right now i'm looking at the game report from natural stat trick um where they it's and for them high danger chances are using kind of that home plate area. If, uh, and to, to define the home plate, if, uh, and this is a podcast, so it's hard to, to, but basically if you take, if you take, if you take a marker or a pen and you draw a line from the crease to each face off dot, and then draw, and then from the, and then basically draw a, another line from across the top of the circles um, you'll get something that looks like a home plate in baseball, and that's basically kind of chances within that area, within the slot, within that that tight area. Those are the places where the home plate area where you're getting high danger chances. Um, Natural Stat Trick has a has 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 the data up there for free. There's some other places that I that I check as well. Um, uh, evolving Hockey, uh, Hockey Viz, but both of those are sites that do have have pay models and they're both very good. I, I use both of their, I look at both of their things, but if you want a good free resource, uh, you go to natural statric and check it out and they've always got a pretty good, uh, game game flow there.
0: And I will say if any of you have any questions, uh, feel free to, just send us a message on Twitter. Want to make the game as inclusive as possible. There are no bad questions. Like I said, the other day, someone was telling me they didn't know what a four check meant. It was Mm -hmm. actually um, my neighbor who's a big stars fan. And he said, I appreciated that you broke down um, what, you know, the four check meant and what it does and everything like that. So to the diehard stars fan, sometimes you might ask or might say on this podcast, why, you know, I know what that is and I appreciate that. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that don't. And that's one of the things um, I want stars fans and hockey fans to put their arm around other people so that it can be an inclusive game. And together we can all learn and grow. Uh, Belfour's billions. Just the obvious question tonight, who comes out? Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Belfour, we said Olafson. Hard yeah. to take out Delandria and Olafson. Uh, looked really good. We agree. They both looked really good. This is what I love. My man Belfour. Glad we get another episode on Monday. It's not glad we get another game, it's glad we got another Stitz <laughs> and Seds episode on Monday. Hell yeah. Uh, hashtag. We're not going home, even though we are, but the sentiment fits. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Now I I will say, I'm sure the room was buzzing after the game tonight. It'll be interesting because, you know, you got to come out flying on your home ice. Right, Sean? I mean, you got to establish what you're doing early. There just cannot be a letdown because I, I think. You're right. Vegas has all the pressure on them, but I think Vegas is going to reset after these two games and kind of get back to what you know what they were doing in the early part of this series. And and part of that was being physical, the fresh legs, and you know really styming the uh, Stars' defense in their zone with their aggressive forecheck.
1: It's it's also. Um... I mean yeah yes and you also have Vegas has to right Vegas is a team that as much as uh, like we talk about a we talk about a veteran team like um Petrangelo is a Stanley Cup winning captain um is a former he was a Stanley Cup winning captain with the Blues uh Jack is a former captain with the Sabers you look at the you look at the roster and obviously we talk about how the Stars had Joe Pavelski kind of step in and probably filled very much a lot of that captaincy role while Ben has been suspended. But Vegas has those guys too. It's a very veteran for a team, for a franchise that is young, the the core is not. And um, the interesting thing for me coming into game six, I and I wonder, I, I do wonder, I do wonder the... I wonder who who has this call. And I wonder if this may one of the and maybe this is one of the biggest impacts he has on the team is I wonder what type of conversation Jonathan Quick has with Aiden Hill before game six. Because for a lot of the veteran players and everything like that, this is gonna be old hat. But the goalie, the guy who has never been in this situation before, who made some great saves, but then started to falter in the third period is now starting to feel the heat is starting to feel the pressure build. I do wonder if this is where the trade for Jonathan quick becomes the most valuable thing that he could have done for Vegas, where on the flight to Dallas or on tomorrow, uh, tomorrow during the off day for the travel day, I wonder if Jonathan quick and Aiden Hill have a conversation about what do you do mentally in this situation? Because I think that is something that Vegas may be missing right now in the and the backbone that we've seen with with Ottinger. And I'm fascinated to see what version of Aiden Hill we get on Monday, because that is going to be it's goalie. It's it's easy to say it, but it, but it really is going to be a huge determining factor to see where we go with uh, where this series goes.
0: And we also want to mention, um, because he has been mentioned in this series, Sean Burke, uh, the former netminder, is the goaltending coach uh, for Vegas and has gotten a lot of credit for their goaltender situation uh, this year. So I agree with you. I think uh, uh, quick getting in his ear is actually a good thing with the experience he has. It's a July conversation, Sean, but Aiden Hill is a free agent and I was just thinking tonight, I mean, he's making these tremendous saves, Mm -hmm. but I was just wondering, do we have another Jack Campbell here? Uh, and, And, you know, I mean, is someone going to say, this is the goaltender of our future. And I say that because a lot of, Vegas is based on their veteran defensemen and how their blue line is one of the best in hockey. And so you wonder, like, goals against and everything, how much is the Vegas defense? And if he goes to another team, you know, that doesn't have that defense core like Vegas, how good would he be? So that's a July conversation, but I was thinking that tonight.
1: Yeah, well, I, I wonder if, I, I don't think Jack Campbell, I think the more apt comparison is Anton Hudobin. Like I mean, who, Anton Hudobin, who was a good point, who was a career career backup and was always good when he had a one A one B situation, and then I mean, had a good run in a bubble that helped Dallas go all the way to the Cup final, and then got a contract that was I mean Dallas paid a guy like that this year, so yeah. I I wonder if I mean because Aiden Hill is not Jack Campbell, Aiden Hill's twenty seven already, like he's already twenty seven, so it's not. Um, So, I I wonder if the, if the, if you look at, if you use the the kind of uh, the the Anton Hudobin warning on Aiden Hill more so than the Jack Campbell warning. I do also wonder, I I do think Aiden Hill is a fine tandem goalie in the NHL, but I also think he's a perfect example of a guy being fresh, right? So, his tonight was his 10th game of the playoffs, his ninth start. And between, and only he played 20, he only played 27 regular season games. Tonight was his 37th game of the year. Jake Ottinger is playing, let's get this exact number right. So Jake Ottinger is, Jake Ottinger played 62 games. Tonight was his 19th game. Jake Ottinger has played 81 games this year. Yeah. We're we're talking about one goalie who has played, one goalie has played more than double the other guy. And so I think the, the Aiden Hill lesson is more so, If you're look, he's not a number one to me. He's a tandem guy, and if he can seize it in the playoffs, great. But he needs to play thirty to forty games a season. Not you can't. Jake Ottinger is doing what most goalies can't. Most goalies can't play eighty games anymore. It's just the reality.
0: Yeah, I I think the Hudobin example is really good. I just brought up Jack Campbell because of the one good year in Toronto. But you're right. Yeah. Um, And man, that contract still bugs me to this day. But uh, you know they. I don't think they were ready for Jake Ottinger yet. I thought he'd be a perfect backup, but um, that's in the past, and right now we're going to game six, so that's exciting. Uh, let's see. Jason asks, what letter grade do you give Vegas? Y'all rock. Go Stars. Thank you so much, Jason. Uh, I didn't think they played bad tonight. I didn't... Um, for a letter, I, letter grade for the game or for the
1: series? What's the question on that? Uh, I think like, it's for the game. Okay, okay. For the game? Okay. Um, Solid I mean, B? B minus. B minus. I mean, yeah. Like, like I, I thought Vegas had. I, I think, I think Aiden Hill masked a lot of Vegas's early problems tonight. I think, I think the way, I, th- I think this is a game where if the first period reflects, if the scoreboard reflects the first period's flow of the game, this game looks really bad for Vegas. So I think Aiden Hill masked some of the problems. Now the goalie's yeah. part of the team. So I, I give it, I give it a, a B, I guess. So.
0: Yeah. 23 block shots. Yeah. Uh, That's who they uh, are. Though. That's who they yeah. are, though. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and I think Martinez does a really good job as far as getting down. Man, he sells out really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, go to Flowy uh, at F Weezer 55. It looks like DeBoer found some trust in Harley. Finally, more ice time for him. So uh I agree and uh some trust in Joel Hanley as well who um you know deserves a credit we need to keep saying that I mean we said Hanley is what he is however you know Sean is the seventh defenseman coming in these games I mean he just does a real nice job
1: Joel Hanley I mean we talk a lot about like we t- we always talk about there's always the the spaces of guys who make run like we talked about Aiden hill as a free agent and these are once again conversations for from a dallas perspective that can be had in the offseason but like joel hanley is 31 he'll be 32 this summer has never played more than has never played more than uh 40 something games that he he played with dallas last season i mean somebody and i don't know if it's i mean it's somebody and I don't know if it's going to be Dallas or someone else. Somebody is going to look at this guy and say he's no longer a number 7. And that's what he's done this. And that's what he's like, I'm not saying he's he's a top 4 guy, but he's proven that he is a he can play every night and he can do that and somebody's going to give him that opportunity this offseason. I don't know if it's going to yeah. be Dallas, it's going to be I don't know if it's going to be somebody else. And you and I can have that conversation about the Dallas perspective at some point later, but it is something where to give Joel Hanley credit for you talk about a guy who it's not an easy job being the seventh defenseman. And I think that sometimes gets lost on guy on, on how difficult it is. Just like it's not an easy job being the 13th forward. It's not easy to do what Frederick Olufsen has done to come in and play well. So full credit to Hanley, full credit to Olufsen, even though he'll be out of the lineup next game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ryan McDermott with Ben back Monday night, the barn will be rocking who comes out of the lineup. We answered that. Uh, Feels like you have to keep tie after tonight. We both agree. Uh, Eden Shadlow who comes out for Ben in game six. I assume Oliveson, but I wonder if Marchment would be a better choice. Uh, Eden, you are thinking like Gavin Spittle. Freddie has been excellent and mush. Not so much. Uh, I agree. Uh, but Sean doesn't believe that will happen. Um, and I agree with Sean on that. Alan Nans make a case for why Marchmont isn't the guy coming out of the lineup with Ben returning. So I'll say this stars fans. I mean, one of the, another reason, one of the thousands of reasons I like doing this podcast, your perception of the game is really, really good. Uh, so uh, Alan, um, I can't make the case. Uh, all I, all I'm going to say is, is that Mason Marchman has been uh, a top six forward on this team that you know for most of the year, I think the expectations were higher. Um, Sean and I have talked on this podcast where if you look at Mason Marchmont's resume had a really good year on a high scoring Florida team and uh, the stars signed him to a a, a really nice deal. So I, I personally can't make a, t- a case except for that he has been one, like it or not, one of their top six forwards for, uh, I mean, I, I I, like I can I can make the
1: case for him to not okay. be in. like, I no, I can make the case for him to not be in like, I, I like what Olfson's done. I think Olsen's had more chances than him. I'm just my case is more so of what I would do and what Pete DeBoer will do aren't always necessarily the same thing. For me, I look at a space where I would actually definitely consider playing I, w- I would consider it personally i would i don't think the stars will it's it's I, I it's i i think at the end of the day you're going to roll with marchman so you're going to keep marchman in as opposed to olsen but me personally if all of a sudden i'm magically put in the head coach's office i'm at least having a more in, i'm having an in-depth discussion about it i want to be clear on that because now i can also be beha- past behavior and, and how pl- how coaches treat players tells me everything i need to know Mason Marchment is staying in. What I would do and what Pete DeBoard would do are aren't aren't always the same thing and I think that's okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. Hey, one of the things that uh really jumped out at the stat sheet tonight was GVA, Sean, and for those that don't know, that's giveaways. Vegas 24, Stars 9. How how okay. much uh do you how much credence do you put into that stat?
1: Um it's uh it's one of those stats where it's definitely I mean it's 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 important to use it within to me I only like using giveaways there's some stats there's some stats that I like to that I think are good for large sample size giveaways and t- giveaways and takeaways are one of those stats where I actually don't like using them outside an individual game because too often um, it just like hits too often they vary from building to building. Um, like Vegas, is, as a building is known for juicing the hit counter. There are, and so the number of giveaways. If you if you look at it over the course of a season, I think you're looking at too many outside factors of different of judgment decisions made by statisticians. Where like a shot is a shot is a shot, a block shot is a block shot. A hit is a hit is also poorly defined too. But within an individual game where you have the same person making the judgment call, I think it it, it, it can be used. And yeah. Vegas had 24 giveaways, Dallas had nine. More almost triple, almost triple the way, amount of times Dallas gave the puck away, and it's a really telling thing. There was a really great line. Um, um, Bruce Cassidy had a really good line. Uh, dunking all over the Arizona Coyotes after the game, I saw that uh, some people from the Vegas locker room were tweeting it out. Where they he he said that we had 24 giveaways tonight. You're not going to have 24 giveaways and beat the Arizona Coyotes in January.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so it, it
1: definitely has it definitely has an impact, but it also is uh, don't take anything uh, don't take anything away from the stars because. Uh, don't take stuff away from the stars too, because it's not like Vegas gave this game away.
0: Speaking of other teams, you just mentioned Arizona stick tap to the San Jose sharks who changed their logo green for tonight as they are a rival in the same division as the Vegas golden Knights. And they tweeted after the game, I guess this works. Should we do it again? (laughs) And stars fans were like, yes. So, I mean, I kind of like that, Sean. It's like, it's just kind of like fun play.
1: Is that more anti Vegas or is that more pro Pavelski?
0: Oh, you know, I never thought about that.
1: Like, because I, I like it, it's, it's very similar to me. Ooh. To me, the Pavel, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, when, when the Avalanche won and, and Ray Bork finally won his cup, like they almost had a second parade in Boston, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that, that was there, Sean. They, yeah, did. Same, so. <laughs> they did. So, uh, that, that was that, our cup. <laughs> so that's, that's what, that's what Pavel's, I mean, I feel like Pavelski winning a cup, um, I feel like any of those like Pavelski now, Joe Thornton is, is informally retired now, but like, I think Pavelski winning a cup would be like that for San Jose. It would be, he got the cup. He never got in San Jose. And I think, San, I think Dallas winning the cup and Pavelski winning the cup, that would be a moment that uh, the Bay area would celebrate uh, quite, quite a bit. God,
0: it's so great that he signed for another year. Yep. Uh, I think that Hall of Fame is getting closer and closer. I really do. Uh, it, but yeah. we'll see. It's, I know it's the toughest Hall of Fame to get into. It is, but we will see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So it's getting late. So we're running through these questions. But, you know, I mean, Sean's dog, the kids, the wife's gone to bed. You know, I mean, let's party. It's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and, And Eden, thank you. I didn't read the last part. Love the podcast, guys. Thanks so much for all of your hard work. We're doing the hard work because you guys keep responding and you guys keep growing this podcast. And it really does motivate us. So thank you. Uh, Alan Nans asks, make a case for why Marchman isn't the guy coming out of the lineup. I just read that question. Maybe I'm getting tired. Um, (laughs) And we did. (laughs) We did make that case. Uh, Dylan Morian. I can't imagine the stars don't want to roll with the same lineup, and it's hard to pull anyone out for Ben, but I think a Ben Johnston Sagan line could be a difference maker. I will say this, Dylan, uh, Tyler Sagan, no points in this series. I think a a, a Jamie Ben on that line would certainly help.
1: Yeah, and Sagan... I gotta double check. I mean, Sagan is minus six this series. He's yeah. The, he's got the he's got the worst plus minus. I mean, now it's not the greatest stat in the world, but he's got the worst plus minus of anyone in this series, and he's uh yeah. I mean, I think I I do think him playing with with Ben and Johnston, I think that could be a bit of a a bit of a push. So
0: uh chris barnard writes great effort once the stars broke through in the slot and crease area vegas suddenly seemed vincible um yeah good point i mean you go into the dirty areas you make things happen and uh they did tonight i, I, I just took the word off, just took the in off of i invincible. did too i did too <laughs> I just... yeah that's great <laughs> is, is, is is
1: that better or be unvincible in, in I, don't, I...
0: I you know I... <laughs> <laughs> that my friend i mean i don't want my keyboard to come over the air but <laughs> yeah i need to look that well let's see you know what this is a podcast so we can do this my friend let's look up I mean, yeah i mean it's, it, no
1: no Vincible is a word it is it is okay. it's just it's it's such a kudos to chris on chris on that word use because it is uh it, it's it's we often yeah. think about we often think about the the, the we do the, the the ultimate version of it invincible but good yeah. kudos to kudos to chris on that word choice absolutely so. <laughs> the definition
0: able to be overcome or conquered so heck yeah chris we need to hang out you can make me smarter aaron <laughs> thacker ass happy for the win and excited for the season is still going thanks for all you do thank you aaron massive right. stick tap thank you aaron uh, thank you for listening yeah. Really appreciate that. Sam Green, let's go. Cap is back. Do you feel like it's a new series? I feel like there's a whole new problem for Vegas coming now. Uh, Sean mentioned it before. Uh, yes, the pressure is on Vegas, and uh, it's still, I do want to tell Stars fans, it's an uphill climb. and But that said, you're climbing, and that's good because a few games ago, this series, the probability of it being swept uh, was pretty high, especially with Ben being out to Donoff being out. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sam Green asks uh, a follow-up question. Who comes out for Jamie? Uh, we answered that. We believe it's Olofsson. Fuzzy Wuzzy Boom Boom has a Ric Flair, and he says, Spitzy, I'm hyped. Hell yeah, I am too. Uh, Allison Taylor at Allison Taylor 32 trying to understand X's and O's from a basketball point of view played in coach on a rush fast break. Are players looking for specific spots or is it more trying to find the spaces loving the fight in this team halfway there, but still a massive hill to climb. That is a really interesting question, Allison. I'll, I'll let Sean take this one as far as, you know, the translation of fast break from basketball to hockey.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the elements of teams creating off the rush and similar to basketball, and it's something that we see with Vegas. And it was the uh, the Stevenson goal happened tonight, but we'll see. We see a lot with like, for example, to use because it's a big part of their game. Vegas is a big cutting team. If and you think of like an like a basketball style comparison, you you try to find, you try to hold up and find your cutters through the lane. And Vegas is big on that where they work on trying to develop the clean entry, do a little bit of a button hook. Sometimes, Oftentimes there's a little bit of a button hook after you enter the zone. So other guys can enter with speed and finding the, uh, the finding the player that way. So there is a lot of the, um, there, there's a lot of that there, there are, there's similar elements to, to basketball and that, where it is a on your fast break. You sometimes may try to change the stop start point and create, Cutters that way. You also have the um, you also have on on the rush, on the break, all all of that stuff. You have trying to change your point of attack is a big thing too. Um, so it, it I think it's now I'm not a basketball coach and I don't know enough about about basketball to break that game down thoroughly. I I myself so not like I I know I he- I hear NBA terms like. I know what a pick and roll is, but I don't know. Like I would love some, I don't know what a pick and pop is. I've heard people say that. I don't know what that is in basketball. So I don't know if there's an equivalent in hockey, but from a, the one, the parts of basketball, I know I can at least give a little bit of that. So,
0: all right. Uh, Corey majors, our midday host, which Sean has appeared on the KNC masterpiece a very, very popular show in DFW 10, a to two P he chimes in, Sean, and he says, if if this thing happens, does DeLandria get a statue, a plaque, printed <laughs> currency with his face on it? And I just absolutely love the responses to this. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Permanent resident of Speed Islands has renamed the team, the DeLandria Stars, the city the airport. Um, uh, Brandon uh, Taylor, at the very least, you got to name a street after him, especially if he plays long enough and delivers output. So the Thai DeLandria fans are... Coming out in force, um, which gives me for the, I feel like, 1,426 times, Sean, Mm -hmm. Mike madano should have a street named after him by the AAC. So that is a... (laughs) What, August <laughs> podcast uh,
1: I I look, I look I look I look forward to uh, I look forward to the the statue podcast where we have the we have the entire podcast yes! we have the entire podcast about yes! statues and and all of a sudden we're building an entire chessboard of statues on Victory Plaza right
0: <laughs> Absolutely let's do it let's uh, let's what? let's let's do it uh, you'll, you'll, have to,
1: you'll have to you'll get to Victory Plaza and you'll have to navigate through 16 different statues that all showed up
0: overnight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. I am. I am in on this podcast. And by the way, um, a few of you asked glad the podcast keeps going. I will tell you, we will continue spits and suds in the off season. And it's because of you. So thank you. Um, because we have so many shows. We have free agency shows. We have letter grades for the stars. We have statue talk. We have just so many things. So it's a, uh, it's great uh mitch at mitch smith 67 if the stars do this uh let's see that was more of a comment uh okay there's so many sean that i am going through them this is (laughs) this is really a lot of fun uh let's see okay Uh, let's see. Ash says, all I have to say is holy. And she put a poop emoji. I love hockey and we love you. Ash, uh, Jamie Campbell, the way we're rolling. I don't know if I'd change just for captain. You know, I can understand stars fans saying that, but you got to put him in the lineup. He's money. And you know, one of the things is, is we talked about how the stars are creating so much havoc in front of Aiden Hill. I think that's one of the best things Jamie Ben can do. So I think you add that as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, even if you wanted to go down the route of like, OK, I don't want to take I don't want to split up that fourth line and I want to keep Olsen in like the amount of people have brought up aptly. So Jamie Ben would be an improvement over Mason Marchman. So like there, there, there's like you're not I I I, I hate the hockey um, credo of we won so we don't change the lineup. And I like that Pete DeBoer doesn't live by that as many some, some other coaches do. And now any coach is going to put Jamie Ben back in. That's not the case, but in general, I just a quick like soapbox aside, I very much prefer when a coach is willing to make changes even after a win, because that tells me that they're looking at why and how a game happened as opposed to just reacting to the final score. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris at massacre of ants. Do you think Marchman never fully healed from his injury in the season? He just doesn't look right out there, uh, I mean, or is it just me? I, I mean, is, is is this
1: is this where I deliver that the lawn the, the list of injuries on both teams is going to be a bit shocking for both sides? Like, it's just going uh, to be like like that's that's just the reality of it. There's a lot yeah. of hurt guys right now. Yeah, just on yeah, both side, on both sides.
0: So. I I agree. All right, Sean, give us the breakdown. Uh, we're done with the questions. What are you looking for both sides as far as Game Six?
1: Um, for me, we we touched on the Aiden Hill response, and I think that's going to be interesting because I think he had the rough third period, and I'm interested to see he was really great the first two periods. He was even in the delay entry of goal. He kind of lost, and then so I think the that to me, I'll be interested to see how. He responds. I'll be interested to see how Vegas. If there's any nerves that start to shift in for Vegas at all, and then the other big thing, the stars have to uh, this for the, from the stars' perspective. And this is uh, this is a big one. Feed off the emotion of Jamie Ben coming back, but don't overly feed off of it. Don't do something stupid. Don't do like like just like. It's, it's easy to say, don't do what happened, what Jamie did in game one, in game three against Mark Stone. That's easy to say, but it is true. Like, you want to come back and you want him to, you want him to come back and you want you want to build off it, but you also got to find a bit of that happy medium where you're not running around like a chicken with his head cut off and you're taking a bad penalty or something like that. I think that's the biggest thing for Dallas, where you're playing with house money, but, but you have to manage the emotions to an extent where you don't do something stupid.
0: Craig pointed out uh, a key word earlier in the week and he said composure. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think when you get to this level of the playoffs that can win or lose you games is composure. So uh, that's, I agree with you, Sean. I'll be looking uh, towards that. Uh, I think the first 10 minutes is going to be so energetic in the barn and for stars fans. And, you know, you guys are going to be loud and proud and hopefully the team gives you something in the first 10 to 15 minutes to cheer about. So uh, that would be that would be great The stars have a quality game plan right now and it's working out so hopefully they can continue but you know can't have those I mean you're going to take shots from the outside occasionally but uh, I will just say you know getting in front of Aiden Hill which they weren't doing the first couple of games on a consistent basis has just made so much of a difference so hopefully they continue to do that so. Sean, this was a good one, man. I'm super excited. This is, uh, this is really cool and it's awesome spending Memorial day weekend. And if we don't thank you enough, thank you so much for being one of the co-hosts of spits and suds. Uh, this has been a, such a fun ride doing these post game shows with you.
1: Oh, it's been, it's been a blast. It's been great. It's, uh, we're still doing this, so
0: let's, uh, we got at least one more. So it's fun let's do it on monday night baby thanks for all your questions tonight and uh if you have if you're listening to this podcast and say oh i didn't get my question in just feel free at gj spittle at sean shapiro oh the book is called we win here it's a terrific read did i get your uh, is it at sean c sapiro did I get it right? At Sean Shapiro?
1: No, at Sean Shapiro. You're good. Okay. You're good. All
0: right. My bad. My this,
1: bad. The, uh, you're trying to give my email away too, I guess. But that's...
0: Uh, like, no. <laughs> oh, my like, God. <laughs> like, so. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, so uh, the book, We Win Here. That's an awkward transition. That's and uh, Yeah. And by the way, um, Idaho is onto the finals in the ECHL. So, uh, great job by them. It's good to see, uh, a team in the stars organization, making it to the finals. So it's really, uh, really cool.
1: You talk about a potential, uh, I mean, either way, the travel is going to be crazy, but like just the ECHL Idaho one. Now you've got, uh, Boise to, uh, either, uh, florida or newfoundland so talk about it talk about a if you want if you want to hear but you want to talk about a, a a fun travel schedule look what that's gonna be so
0: Ooh, man is that two that's got to be two three two right it's not two two one one one
1: Oh, it'll be it'll be two three two yeah okay so, <laughs> yes, yes frequent flyer miles
0: in effect yes yes all right four shots. Yeah. yes and, and they're flying commercial so (laughs) i know that's what i was saying yeah absolutely yes and newfoundland is not the easiest to get to um so for sean shapiro i'm gavin spittle thanks once again for all your support of spits and suds so we'll be on after the game on monday night win or lose so we will see you then and thank you for listening to spits and suds on 105.3 the fan have a great sunday everyone